digitally, I'm in, I'm investing more, again, looking back, I'm more in endemic partnerships, right? Direct buys or partnerships with industry outlets, influential blogs, websites, and organizations, which were things kind of not really died away, but people were moving so much more into this programmatic social space. And with the competition, we kind of forgot that these influential places where people are still consuming and the trust is much more there. Like the trust, especially for us in healthcare, when you say partner with an organization who mirrors a segment of your audience is going after, they're more likely to trust if your brand's associated with that than like a Facebook ad. Curious to know what industry-leading marketers are looking to achieve in the ever-evolving digital landscape? The How Agencies Thrive podcast by StackAdapt is dedicated to helping the new breed of forward-thinking, savvy, lean, and mean marketers win in the rapidly evolving digital landscape. Time to thrive. Hey, everyone. Welcome to today's episode. My name is Matt Everett. I'm the host of the How Agencies Thrive podcast, and I'm also the Education Development Manager at StackAdapt. Today, I'm joined by Alex Romero-Wilson, who is the Marketing Manager at Echo Health. Alex, it's great to have you on the episode today. Before we get started with the bulk of the content, I was hoping you could give us an introduction by telling us about Echo Health, your role as the Marketing Manager, and what you consider to be your strongest area of expertise. Thanks, Matt. Uh, happy to be here and uh, excited that you guys uh, invited me on your uh, podcast. Thank you very much. As um, Matt said, my name is Alexander Romero-Wilson. I'm a marketing manager at Echo. I've been with Echo for almost two years now. I was the second full-time marketing hire. And as working in a startup, I wear many, many hats. I run our advertising, social media and community, a lot of our brand building, PR and comms. And for fun, I, I love wine and everything to do with it. So I run our team wine tastings. And it's definitely a fun place to be, you know, very, very fast paced. Uh, before Echo, I was the West Coast paid media lead for Fleischmann Hillard. And I've been working in marketing for about a decade now in many different roles, everything from uh, media analytics to what I'm doing now, which is just being a Swiss army knife for everything that needs to be that a startup requires. Um, just a, shame, a shameless plug for Stack Adapt. I know I love what your platform has been doing by disrupting the programmatic advertising space, you know, from native display to audio. Um, I've been a Stack Adapt customer for four years, maybe even more than that. So just, you know, much kudos and congratulations on your continued growth. It's really, really awesome to see. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. And so a bit about Echo. So we're a Series C healthcare technology company. We're focused on cardiopulmonary. So that's heart and lung, primarily health. We elevate the way healthcare professionals detect and monitor cardiac and respiratory disease by bringing together advanced sensors, patient and provider software, and automated disease detection with a suite of FDA-cleared AI-powered machine learning algorithms. So that's like our boilerplate. <laughs> so putting in more layman's terms, uh, Echo is a stethoscope technology company. Our technology powers the best stethoscopes in the world. Our two main products are the Core and the Duo. And our machine learning algorithms act similarly to Shazam. Sometimes we like to car call ourselves the Shazam of heart sounds, as our algorithms are trained with hundreds of thousands of cardiopulmonary recordings. Again, that's heart and lung recordings. And which then with our app, and we have a platform with a 15-second recording of a patient's heart sounds, 
we can identify specific disease states such as AFib and murmurs with an accuracy as close to or as better as you know a trained professional such as a cardiologist. And so in a nutshell, we're really working to democratize the detection of heart and lung disease at the point of care. By detecting these diseases earlier, patients can be treated earlier, and then costs are typically lower, outcomes are better, and they are more likely to retain a better quality of life. And then appropriate patients can be referred to specialists for care when they need it, where we're really using technology to provide greater health equity by improving upstream care for patients from the doctor's office to a patient's own home, from in person to anywhere. So from, from a business perspective, we kind of are two, two main lines of business. So we sell our stethoscopes and platform directly to healthcare professionals. So that's anyone that uses a stethoscope from nurses to physician assistants to medical students to cardiologists. And we operate very much like a traditional direct-to-consumer e-commerce driven company. We also sell directly to healthcare systems, large and small, even private practices and EMS departments and also to healthcare service and technology integration partners. In this fashion, you know, we operate very much like a traditional medical device and software B2B company, you know, powered by our ama- amazing sales team. Absolutely. And it's it's great to have you on the episode. For our listeners, we've actually done a case study with Echo Health and and we worked with you on this last year. So, um, I'm interested to see sort of how things have changed since we last spoke um, about some of the campaign tactics and and really the the theme of this episode is to focus on healthcare and how advertisers have thrived through the pandemic. So, uh, as an overview, we're going to cover key areas like how the pandemic has driven innovation in healthcare marketing, look at unique strategies to navigate healthcare compliance, and overall, uh, Alex, getting your insights on what the future of this vertical looks like. Absolutely. So to start things off, we've got a couple questions that we wanted to ask you. um, But as always, we'll see where the conversation goes and, and we'll definitely uncover some unique insights. So if we look at all the verticals uh, across the board, I would say that healthcare was impacted a ton during the pandemic, and it was definitely disrupted a lot. And uh, before the episode, we pulled a stat from Accenture that said that 97% of private healthcare practices were financially impacted in some way due to the pandemic. So Alex, I'm interested to know, back in March 2020, when everything sort of started to unravel with the pandemic, what was the number one thing that was on your mind as a marketing manager for a healthcare brand? Many, many things. I'll try to stick to one. But So Echo's end customer is the healthcare professional. Our entire community was and continues to be impacted due to COVID. The number one thing, not only on my mind, but on Echo's mind, was how we can be a partner to our community of healthcare professionals who are on the front lines. And I, you know, I really continue to ask myself this question every day. COVID is far from over around the world. Frontline providers are selflessly putting their lives on the lines to save others. And we really needed to act on this. And we, and we knew we had a place to really make an impact. So at the time, we knew that our stethoscopes and our platform and app enabled Bluetooth wireless functionality, but we initially thought it would be a less important feature. But with the onset of the pandemic, we noticed a high volume of new customers coming to our website and purchasing our devices, really mainly from the initial COVID hotspots around around the US and into Canada. And 
so you know we have amazing customer support team who reached out to these customers to learn more and lo and behold these customers were buying our stethoscopes mainly the core for this bluetooth wireless functionality they could really stream heart and lung sounds in real time from their stethoscopes to wireless headphones via our app so while they're under ppe um, to keep themselves protecting their patients safer they could stream sounds in real time it was really a an interesting use case that we were able to discover kind of in the beginning. So from our marketing perspective, understanding what our customers are actually using our products for during COVID, we really went all in as a company from staffing up our warehouse to support the huge influx of orders to putting 100% of our marketing resources, both from the B2C and B2B side, to address the provider pain points of COVID. We, from infection control to telehealth, which I know we'll talk about later, we made explainer videos, clinical guides from our clinical team and our chief medical officer. We really did it all. And, you know, beyond our paid marketing channels, since our customer base is all healthcare professionals, we were able to use our large organic reach using our email lists, our newsletters. You know, we basically have a database of our 100,000 healthcare professionals, our blogs, our social media, to be transparent and to tell the firsthand stories of our frontline providers, to give them a voice that they may not have on their own channels or where they're working. What I'm getting from that is pretty much at the beginning of the pandemic, it was more of a, a play to throw absolutely everything you had at healthcare providers and provide them with the education and the resources. And one thing you said that I really liked was to act as a partner for these healthcare providers, because this was a time when everything was thrown into a spin, everyone was scrambling, the healthcare systems were trying to adjust in the best way possible to accommodate patients. So I think it's really interesting that you bring that up, that educating providers and really honing in on what the use case was for your product was a really important thing to, to adjust your messaging and, and make sure everybody knew the best direction to go. It was a really crazy time for everybody. And really, the partnering was that really nails it on the head, listening to our customers, listening to what their needs are, giving them a voice, and then being able to provide both educational materials, our customer support team, like on the phones with people who are like, how do I use this? Like, how does this actually work? Like, this looks like an amazing piece of technology that can really help me. And like, we did, you know, we spent so much time again, just being that partner and being a resource to this community of professionals who you know, are just in it saving lives selflessly. Yeah. And and as a as a marketing manager at the beginning of the pandemic, was, was there a bit of panic or what, did you guys adjust pretty well, uh, pretty quickly with some of the marketing efforts that you had? No one really knew how long this was going to go on for, right? At least unless you, I mean, even working in the industry, I don't, I don't think People really knew, you know, is this going to be, as the media would put it, will this be a week or, you know, a month? It's funny, at the Monday, um, when I lived in San Francisco, the Monday that we went into lockdown was the Monday we were supposed to open our brand new Echo headquarters in Oakland. Like that opening wow. never happened. And we're like, oh, maybe it'll be in two weeks, maybe it'll be in a month. And then None of that happened. So for marketing, we were like, it's spending so much time listening to our customers at the time because we were like, okay, well, we were pushing this other narrative. We just launched some new products. So we'll kind of keep that going. And then as soon as we 
as time went on and we were learning from our customers that this is how they're actually using it and the needs that our technology is addressing, we went 100% in. And I think we were 100% in after like week three because uh, we knew this definitely wasn't going to end you know, tomorrow. Um, but we're a really small marketing team. And so with that, we're able to adjust very, 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 very quickly. Um, we can change basically our entire marketing mix and our kind of creatives and messaging we put out, you know, in less than a week. So we can be very nimble, which is which was kind of to our benefit at the time and even now. Yeah. And, and I think within every industry and especially within healthcare, making those adjustments sort of on a dime and being really quick about it and, and listening to what was going on, because as you said, we didn't know how long this would last and it's it's still technically going on. And for I, I was definitely in the same boat as you where, you know, at the beginning, it's okay, well, will it be two weeks? Will it be a month? Will, you know, will this be over by the beginning of 2021? And it wasn't. And it was important to just listen to listen to the news, listen to uh, healthcare experts about how we should all be managing the pandemic and staying safe. So I think that that would have had a a really big impact on some of the messaging for campaigns and and making sure to always adjust and not just stick to one thing that might have worked previously, but uh, but didn't work in this in the current global state. Alex, I'm interested to know, and you kind of touched upon this a little bit earlier about about reaching healthcare providers and some of the audiences that you used and. I'm interested to know what direction you've taken with your team to sort of best optimize your advertising efforts and drive the greatest impact to your audience. So you did mention, you know, uh, educating that audience and having the right messaging. But one big thing would be healthcare compliance. How how has Echo Health navigated the compliance regulations and stayed strategic in in reaching its its audience throughout the pandemic? Starting from a compliancy angle, all of our technology on both the hardware and the software side is all FDA cleared. It's all HIPAA compliant, encrypted, SOC 2 compliant. You know, we had that box checked from day one. So from kind of that angle, it wasn't an issue during this, especially working with professionals and providers, right, who want to make sure their customer, their customers, the patient data is secure. So we've always had that box checked and we always do. But at that time, you know, and even today, it's just making that message very prominent. So on our website, in messaging, just as kind of like a, making them feel that sense of security. And even so backing up kind of like to the beginning of how we've optimized our campaigns and different things that we might have done. So like our business, we grew tremendously during that pandemic on both our B2C and B2B side. You know, we even closed our Series C in November of 2020. Um, like I was higher 40-ish, and now we're close to 150. So growth happened, and it is difficult to say. I mean, I, it's, it's a weird thing for me just because hundreds of thousands of businesses around the world really took a hit due to COVID. And, you know, it was just an interesting blessing in disguise that we were able to act and be that partner and then kind of provide our technology to benefit professionals around the world. Yeah. And so as I mentioned before, you know, 100% of our marketing was focused on helping this professional on the front lines. All of our advertising emphasized our wireless stethoscope technology, the ability to screen patients safely while wearing PPE and 
protective equipment. And yes, as we talked about before, like we messaged chest like every other day. Like we were throwing out tons of different messages to see what resonated, being super helpful and transparent. But something that we really unlocked net new during COVID was content marketing. We were fortunate to have a handful of customers on the front lines that were willing to be interviewed for marketing collateral about their experience working during COVID and how our technology has helped them. Our blog went from being kind of this passive place where some people kind of hang out, but really not really, to with content marketing being one of our top five revenue drivers and traffic drivers for our e-commerce business. And so we were able to use new platforms and placements, you know, speaking to Stack Adapt, I mean, the native display ads to really drive performance of our content marketing efforts to our provider audience. And also paid social does well, specifically when it comes to content marketing. And then also beyond that, you know, partnering with some organizations or doing more endemic things, kind of blogging, co-thought leadership, um, using influencers and ambassadors to our to be able to kind of help educate and show these messages of safety and how our technology helps them screen patients. This idea of thought leadership and doing that through blogs and telling customer stories, was that something that was you know, always a big focus for your team or was that something that you've really honed in on now and you've seen a lot of impact driven from that? We've been fortunate at Echo to have a really strong clinical bench from our chief medical officer to the clinical team and the medical affairs team. And they have and are and continue to be an amazing marketing asset to us. Like we have weekly meetings with our clinical team because we're always trying to be, again, that partner, that educational resource to providers who have to use a stethoscope and who have to it's auscultating is what it's, you know, the buzzword, the, the medical term that's called to, you know, listen to the art of listening to patients' body sounds. So it always was kind of an ongoing practice, but with the, the big increase of our business around COVID and moving forward, um, thought leadership and educational content and kind of owning this category of auscultation is something that we're putting a lot of resources behind you know, everything from improving our SEO rankings in Google and on our website to using these resources outside of our own properties and being able to partner with industry entities. Not to tune the weeds again too much, but auscultations kind of, you know, they don't they touch on it for a little bit in medical school, but not as much as needs to be. And kind of we're championing, championing the art of the physical exam and how important it is and continues to be for being able to properly evaluate diagnosed patients. That's that's actually a perfect transition into the next question mentioning, you know, the the value of in-person exams and and obviously throughout the pandemic that was something that a lot of healthcare providers had to adjust and a lot of healthcare providers went online and started adopting uh, telemedicine solutions because people didn't have the luxury of going to see their doctor all the time as you know, a lot of those appointments were reserved for people that were in a more, more dire situation with their health given the pandemic. So I'm interested to know from you, 
on the topic of of telemedicine and the fact that it's had such an upward trend over the last year and continues to grow how do you think telemedicine changes healthcare and healthcare marketing going forwards and do you think that telemedicine has established sort of a, a norm for post pandemic or do you expect that things will go back to normal in the future I love this question and there's a few different angles I'm going to try to approach this with and I'm probably going to go a bit human behavior and philosophical with this answer but bear with me it'll be fun So yeah telehealth you know kind of the larger sphere of technologies and everything from the actual telemedicine visit to using telehealth in education. Um, yeah, yes, I mean, telemedicine has become an established norm, norm post-pandemic, and I'll get to that more. So, and yes, to the other part of your question, the pandemic has changed healthcare marketing. Well, all of marketing for that case moving forward. So why? COVID changed human behavior around the world in an instant. People are staying home more. People aren't going out and doing things. They're not commuting to work, seeing friends in person, et cetera. You know, there's a bunch of things people are, are doing. And, and what happens when people stay home more? I mean, well beyond parents going insane, balancing work from home and childcare. You know, people spent more time with themselves, with their family, more time reflecting on what's important. People discovering new talents and hobbies. You know, yes, I can cook. No, I don't need to go to the gym. I can work out from home. And there's many examples like these. And so with the individual, with the consumers, you know, spending more time at home, advertisers, you know, we must reach our audiences at home. We have to now. I mean, look at the growth of Amazon and HBO and Disney Plus and Hulu. And even like this last Black Friday and Cyber Monday was the biggest ever. And the vast percentage of that shopping was done online. Also, with you know the financial implications of COVID, the average consumer has and does have more money to spend in their pocket than ever be before. And so, how did this impact advertising? Again, not only from healthcare, but larger marketing. You saw things like out-of-home inventory prices dropped in most metropolitan areas. You know, no one's really walking the streets. No one's taking buses. That inventory kind of was sparse. Where's all that money going? I mean, it's going to OTT, connected TV audio, social media, and even back into just digital display and programmatic display, which kind of was, I think, losing interest and now is gaining interest. So back to telemedicine, yes, it is an established norm and there will be much continued innovations. You know, humans don't like doing anything that requires more effort than necessary to complete a task. Going to the doctor's office is one of those things. I mean, it's, come on, it's a pain. You have to drive somewhere, fill out a bunch of paperwork, sit in a waiting room, with other sick people, you meet with a nurse, you wait for the doctor. I mean, it's like truly an awful experience most of the time. It's kind of like going to the DMV or something. It also usually takes additional money outside of what your insurance covers. But, you know, we, we had to do this. It was required. It was the only way we could get health care, especially in the States. But now we don't. You know, now we can meet with a doctor right from an app in less than a minute. But the experience of that visit currently is far from ideal and this is where i think we will see continued innovation i mean back to this physical exam you know your routine checkup it's difficult to do this remotely right now sure you can have a scale to weigh weigh yourself you can measure your height you can get a blood pressure cuff 
know, you can give all the information to the doctor on the other end. You can have a Q&A with the clinician for them to, you know, do their deductive reasoning about all these things, your symptoms, what's wrong. Patients honestly expect to be listened to during their visit with their uh, healthcare professional and their doctor, not only with words, but their body, with their heart and lung sounds. You know, and this may be my shameless last plug for Echo, but with Echo, you can. With telehealth and telemedicine, our stethoscopes can send body sounds from a patient to a provider in real time from anywhere. Pretty much one in three people are looking for or are using at-home diagnostics. So there's all kinds of technology that's come out that has sort of that feedback and connection to telemedicine. But as you said, there are still certain things that can't be done remotely. But there's a lot of innovation that's happening in healthcare, and we're getting a little bit closer as the years go by. With that said, I think what we can do is take a quick break. And then when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about uh, what the future of healthcare marketing looks like, as well as some key strategies for what marketers can use going forwards. So we'll take a quick break, and then we'll be right back. You know your advertising should be multi-channel. So why isn't your ad platform? StackAdapt offers multi-channel advertising solutions across native, display, video, connected TV, and audio. With access to all of the major exchanges and more than 55,000 publishers. As if that wasn't enough, StackAdapt is also the highest rated programmatic ad platform according to G2. It's time to elevate your digital ad campaigns. Request a demo at stackadapt.com. StackAdapt, how agencies thrive. Welcome back, everybody. As mentioned, we're joined by Alex Romero Wilson from Echo Health to discuss how healthcare marketers can thrive in the months and years to come. So, Alex, looking at the healthcare industry, there has obviously been a huge uptick in digital ad spend compared to what the previous years have looked like. What do you think the contributing factors have been to this? And what are some areas that you think healthcare marketers across the board can focus their efforts on to maximize the impact of their digital ad spend? Yeah, thanks, Matt. Not just healthcare again, but across all industries, digital ad spend has increased in growth year over year. I mean, looking even back at eMarketer, 2019 was the first year when digital ad spend surpassed 50% of a marketing mix. And everyone was kind of freaking out, like, oh my gosh. And by 2024, you know, digital is expected to be almost 70% of an average marketing mix. And really, I mean, as a marketer and as a healthcare marketer, I'm not at all surprised. Uh, attribution model has gotten better. Ad platforms are more sophisticated. Ad formats are much more engaging, really, to match native environments. And not only that, consumers are spending more and more of their time online from Pandora to TikTok. And as advertisers, we want to reach our consumers where they're spending the most time. You know, at the most fundamental level, we're all competing for mindshare. And as marketers, we're constantly evaluating our mix and looking for channels to reach our target audiences that are cost-effective in reach and driving performance. And now with digital channels being in such demand, we're seeing much more competition these days. And as a result, cost increases. Search and paid social are really main culprits. I've CPCs and CPMs are at record highs. 
And I look at Google, I'm like, oh my gosh, what happened? But everyone's competing for this. So fortunately, you know, there's also constantly newer digital channels like video, audio, and connected TV that are really appealing to marketers. You know, they kind of are much more cost effective now, especially with kind of our out of market prospecting audiences. Even like direct on marketplaces like Amazon, especially if you're a consumer driven business, are really fantastic in driving direct sales. And even looking back on older channels, such as native and display, are really becoming very appealing again. And as a healthcare marketer and a performance direct to consumer marketer, I'm really looking forwards by looking backwards to old playbooks. I'm looking into out of home. Like I said, inventory prices down with COVID and it's still down. It's still at record lows. I mean, you can buy a billboard for not that expensive these days or bus wraps. Also keeping in mind that people are driving and moving again. So not only are these inventories kind of more cost effective, people are seeing them again. Now is kind of the time to act. Also beyond that, I'm looking at creating in-person experiences. Now, of course, with COVID, it's controlled environments with safety of in mind, you know, to bring our products to the market. Think small pop-ups, demo stations and such. I was reading The Week, which is one of the weekly magazines that we get in our household, and there was a little feature about Amazon, you know, how they tested their kind of brick-and-mortar stores, like within malls. They have kind of like small little pop-ups in some malls around the country and there's kind of like the Amazon Go store and Amazon's actually putting a lot more investment into building these brick and mortars because from a te- you know everything from like return policies is kind of the reason they're doing it they save money if someone comes to the store or try something in person they know they want it and they know they're spending that money on it versus like online they're like uh, maybe if I don't like it I can return it and return costs for a brand are insane mm-hmm. um, so it's a little little in the weeds there but there and then digitally i'm in, i'm investing more again looking back i'm more in endemic partnerships right direct buys or partnerships with industry outlets influential blogs websites and organizations which were things kind of not really died away but people were mo- are moving so much more into this programmatic social space and with the competition we kind of forgot that these influential places where people are still consuming and The trust is much more there. Like the trust, especially for us in healthcare, when you say partner with an organization who mirrors a segment of your audience is going after, they're more likely to trust if your brand's associated with that than like a Facebook ad. Um, So it is pretty interesting of kind of how we're moving and investing much more into this space. One additional question on that, because you brought up the point that certain channels are either getting a lot more expensive or a lot more accessible to spend on. Were there any channels that really surprised you over the last year and a half that now Echo is utilizing and finding a lot of success with? Podcasts and programmatic audio. I've been wanting to to, to test podcasts and programmatic audio for ever. And it was kind of, you know, in the in the beginning, it was expensive. And, it, and kind of when it came to be, and you'd have to kind of, per, you know, partner directly with a Spotify or a Pandora, and you had to be a big brand with a lot of money. You know, it wasn't really accessible. 
And so, and especially with Echo and our products and our technology, um, and we have an interesting sound demo on our website, sound is our everything, the sounds that matter. So with audio, we're able to create a really engaging audio experience for people to really hear and viscerally feel what the difference is of using our stethoscope technology. Like we basically play a real recording of someone using a stethoscope with ambulance noise, listening to heart sounds and you hear like, oh, the ambulance sounds there. I can't really hear anything. And then with the flip of a switch and the shows like, you know, you can hear active noise cancellation come on and all of that background noise is gone. So using audio has been really awesome. And it's really not that expensive from a CPM perspective. And what's been surprising is, especially with Stack Adapt, we're able to kind of track everything from people visiting our site, from hearing the ad with a look back window to conversions. And it's performed really well. And uh, even beyond that, that direct sale line, our organic search traffic has gone up hugely. And when did that happen? When we started doing audio. So it's been definitely a, a really exciting net new channel for us that we were able to unlock. Yeah. And especially with, with what Echo is offering, you're almost getting into that experiential territory with programmatic audio because you're, you know, you're catching listeners right when they're engaged, but you're also demoing the capabilities of the product, which is which is pretty cool. If if I caught that correctly and that's what you've been doing, that's that's a really interesting strategy. And would you recommend for other healthcare marketers to really hone in on things like connected TV and programmatic audio? Would you recommend that as a strategy for somebody in this vertical as well? I would say it would depend on who the healthcare brand and marketer is trying to reach. We're an interesting business that we have a direct e-commerce side of our company and we sell a physical product directly to physicians and physicians buy them. So in healthcare in general and in health technology, that's it's a pretty interesting and rare. There's not a lot of companies out there who sell both directly to providers, a technology that the provider themselves actually buy. They always buy their own stethoscope. Um, and then also has a software SaaS B2B side. So, you know, if you're a health technology company and you're selling more enterprise audio, you know, may not be the way to go. Maybe it will. I mean, at the end of the day, a customer is a customer. Because really, if you want to maximize your impact and your channels, that key is to really understand your customers, their wants, needs, pain points as much as possible. Looking at like who's buying now. What community segments do you understand most? And where are these segments? Where are they consuming media? Where do they look for to trust? Where are they getting their information from? And then you, you know, you cast your line and you fish where the cast your line where the fish are biting and go deep. Um, it's it's pretty interesting and and you really kind of need those go to market light strategies for all of your segments because they'll be different. For us, audio is great because we have a huge, you know, there's so many nurses and providers out there. We know that audio and podcasts are a place where they really actively consume content, which you know for us it makes a lot of sense. One thing that you mentioned a little bit earlier was, especially when informing your marketing strategy, is sort of looking back to look forward and look back at at what channels have worked in the past, look at what ones are going to work in the future. 
what would you say with with all this in mind are the biggest takeaways from the last year and a half that that healthcare marketers can learn and and further to that how significant of an impact do you think the pandemic had on how healthcare marketing can thrive in the future yeah i mean the, the pandemic has changed everything and will continue to change everything as we kind of talked about before consumer behavior has changed um, and we're seeing that even in places that are opening up more um, you know my wife and i we live in texas which is very different from california and san francisco and even here those consumer tendencies has changed people are spending much more time at home and on their devices and i think we'll continue to see much more of that as technology continues to be much more of a integrated piece of our life and people are spending more of their time online from their phones to their computers to consuming content so i have some buckets of my biggest marketing takeaways from the last year and a half the first bucket is really regarding customers and community actively listen to understand from the beginning we were able to quickly pivot our marketing because we listened and we understood the immediate pains and the needs that frontline providers needed. And with that, be a partner as a brand. You're not just selling something. You need to really partner with your communities. And as that, give a voice to your customers and your community. As marketers, we, especially internally, but we are our customers' greatest voice. We're their loudspeaker, their advocate. Customer-centric marketing has never been more important than it is now. If you are a brand and you come across in a deaf tone, then <laughs> it's not a good look and it will not go well for you. So kind of regarding marketing strategy, it's really about, for us, you know, go where the fish are biting and cast your line deep. Go to your customers' communities that you understand most and focus your efforts there to really drive performance and drive a better brand affiliation with your brand to those customers. And then also, beyond going deep, go broad more to understand, to be able to test, to be able to gather data, and then apply those learnings, again, to your kind of go deep segments. And then, you know, you continue to expand those go deep segments. Don't go into a segment you don't know just because it's there. You know, focus where you need to focus. Regarding advertising, Diversify, diversify, diversify. Diversify your mix. Sure, you've had some great channels, but continue to look and explore. And what's next? From a marketer doesn't always mean what's new, right? There's always new things like TikTok and Clubhouse and this and that, which are exciting. And there are brands, specifically like large consumer brands that can use those channels successfully. But for people who work in healthcare and for me who work with providers, I mean, to be honest, the targeting is terrible or doesn't exist really at all. And so, again, why I say those are new and shiny, but for me, that's not what's next. I mean, for me, what's next is, again, looking back to old things like out of home, creating experiences. Because by going deep, we know that when someone, when a provider or professional tries our technology in person, that they really don't hesitate to buy it. So we do experiences. We look at things like out of home. We look back at buying endemically and through partnerships. And then the last biggest takeaway, I mean, 
even looking more at myself and behavior, it's, you know, take nothing for granted. We, in the beginning, we didn't think this would last long and it's kind of changing reality. We've lived in San Francisco for a decade and we relocated to Texas because we can work remote and be closer to our families. And we know that really evaluating things that are important. And also, you're spending more time with yourself and your family and more with you and know that you are your greatest ally. And then the last kind of takeaway, you know, again, not marketing, but regarding life is, you know, be present. It's so difficult, especially many of us, many of us listening to this podcast probably work remote. And it's very easy to, with Zoom fatigue or Google or whatever anybody uses and to, you know, be on a meeting and multitask on another monitor and you're going from thing to thing and everything just seems much more transactional these days, but it doesn't have to be, you know, be present, be like you're in the office. It's a mindset just because your environment's changed and the behavior of working has changed. Doesn't mean that the relationships you create even virtually have to really be that different from how they would be in person and just be present. This pretty much puts us at our time for our episode. So I think that was a great note to end on. And on behalf of myself and our listeners, thank you for joining us on today's episode. And to any marketers who are working in the healthcare space or looking to test out this vertical, we hope that you took away some key insights that will help you succeed in your upcoming campaigns. Until then, thanks for listening. Thank you so much for tuning in. This has been the How Agencies Thrive podcast. If you like what you heard, then there's three things that you can do to support the show. Number one, subscribe. Number two, leave us a review. And number three, share our podcast on social media or with anyone who might find value in this content. If you have questions or feedback or just want to learn how agencies and brands work with StackAdapt, you can find us at stackadapt.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.